there. Welcome back to Acting Lessons Learned, the podcast. I'm Tawana Floyd. I share personal stories of the lessons I've learned growing my career as a working actor in Los Angeles. In the next few episodes, I'm doing a series called Respectfully Decline, where I share instances of the red flags that caused me to decline the offers of agents and managers who wanted to represent me. Early on in my relocation to Los Angeles, I was advised by my first acting teacher in L.A., Stuart K. Robinson, to take any meeting I was offered because there was always something to learn in the process. Golden nuggets that I can use to better understand the business. So I did, and still do, unless of course the person has a bad reputation for being an asshole, a scammer, a sexual predator, those I quickly pass on. I'm going to share two related yet unrelated manager meetings that produced several eye-opening lessons for me. All of the names have been changed because I never know what's considered defamatory, so I just got to play it safe. I should preface that I strongly dislike managers who try to sign successful commercial actors, camouflaging their true intent of getting 10, 15, 25% of our residual earnings with no attempts to assist in the evolution of our commercial career. There are a lot of managers who use this strategy to fund their livelihood or keep their lights on, but don't carry out the true definition of what a manager is supposed to do, like developing our career and our potential as an artist, handling all the day-to-day activities required to manage our careers, allowing us the freedom to concentrate on what we do best, our creative work. Adversely, there are a lot of actors who desperately want to be repped. I, at one time, was one of those actors. We sign with these managers to the detriment of ourselves. And since I haven't been able to reconcile my aversion to these paper-pushing, button-pressing managers, I only desire to be repped by a manager either who doesn't take a commercial commission or one who operates by the actual function of what a manager does. And yes, they do exist. I actually took a poll and I was very surprised by the number of offices that don't take commercial commissions and function by the true definition of a manager. I received a cold email from a manager on February 12, 2020, right before the pandemic, an office that I hadn't submitted to because I wasn't even looking to be repped by a manager. And so I questioned, why was this person reaching out to me? It was a reputable management office. I'd heard of them before from my peers. I looked them up on IMDb Pro and saw that they had many recognizable actors at varying stages of success. From what I could determine, the manager who reached out to me, let's call him Henry, was relatively new to this position, possibly this management company altogether, as evidenced by the six actors listed as clients on his IMDb Pro page. He was presumably in the process of building his roster, I googled Henry, but I couldn't find any articles about him or past experiences in the industry. Not uncommon. Most reps manage to stay off radar, but I can usually find some sort of previous work experience. I'm going to read Henry's email with my thoughts interjected. My name is Henry. I'm a talent manager at EFC Management, and I found you on Backstage. Backstage? Huh. I didn't know managers looked for talent on backstage. Good to know. I need to make sure that profile is current. And I'm inquiring to see if you're interested in seeking management representation. Okay, well, nothing wrong with an inquiry. Not looking for a manager, but let's see. EFC is a production company where we cast actors in our productions for theatrical projects. Okay, that's weird. Why why are you telling me that? Is Henry alluding that if I sign with them, I'll be cast in their productions? What are these productions? Are these things that align with what I want? My morals and values? This feels like baiting. 
I have booked shows like Grey's Anatomy, Shameless, Criminal Minds, Lone Star 911, American Horror Story, and How to Get Away with Murder. EFC Management has a great relationship with casting directors in L.A. and a very high booking rate. If you'd like to learn more, please feel free to email me and visit our website and Facebook page. Okay, maybe Henry isn't a new manager. Was he at a different office to have all these bookings? Let me look at the credits of the six actors on his IMDb Pro. Nope, none of these actors have the credits he mentioned. Dang, they don't even have current credits. (sighs) This guy has no credits. Huh, okay, let me look at Henry's LinkedIn to see where he worked prior. Oh, he doesn't have a LinkedIn. So where are all these credits he speaks of? I wasn't impressed by this letter. What is it about me that compelled you to contact me, Henry? Where's the personality, the finesse? I've listened to numerous agents speak on panels about how actors' inquiry letters could be more imaginative, how agents can tell when actors use a template letter that will send to 25 agents, and how those letters don't inspire them to offer a meeting. Now, here I was on the receiving end of this cookie-cutter-style letter, and I wasn't impressed. I wanted more. And you're probably thinking, well, what did you want more of, Tawana? I wanted a more personable correspondence with some connective tissue. We're talking about a manager. The manager's job is to help develop and build our career. So my expectation is some form of, hey, Tawana, I looked at your materials and I'd like to discuss ways in which I think I can help you grow your career. I responded to Henry's email by saying, thank you, let's set up a meeting, to which Henry replied, great, I'd love to move forward in our representation process. We do all new talent interviews via Skype or FaceTime since we get a lot of talent requests. I currently have Wednesday and Thursday open from 11 to 5 p.m. Please pick a time and give me your Skype or FaceTime ID. Also, please email me a link to your recent self-tape. Thank you. Look forward to talking to you. A meeting by Skype? Okay. I was willing to carve out time to meet with Henry. I sent him a self-tape and we scheduled a meeting via Skype. When I jumped on the call and I saw Henry, I initially thought, something is off here. It didn't feel legitimate. Now remember, this is pre-pandemic, so I expected this virtual conference to be with someone calling from a brightly lit office setting. It was hard to tell on a screen, but it looked like Henry was in a bedroom. And the room was dimly lit by one incandescent light in the background, his face only lit by his computer screen. I could tell his camera lens was dirty from the smudgy halo effect on his face. He wore a baseball cap and was barely shaven and wore a dingy t-shirt and an open button-down shirt, akin to Chris Griffin on Family Guy. His behavior was odd and eccentric. We spoke briefly, maybe 20 minutes max. I could tell what Henry knew about the entertainment business he could put in a thimble. His communication was abrupt, not rude, just stumbling, like like it was his first time doing any kind of meeting. But he was still trying to uphold this hierarchical position. And if you know me, you know I have a commanding presence. I don't kowtow to people, and sometimes it's off-putting to someone who is used to dealing with folks who lack confidence. Henry <laughs> Henry was trying to close the deal quickly like a used car salesman, or worse, a, a Macy's perfume peddler during the holidays. There was this air of feigning power, but desperation to make something happen quickly, He started talking about signing me and that he could have the contract over to me via email. 
It felt like a speed date gone wrong and Henry wasn't reading me well. We still needed to get deeper into the conversation and see if we were compatible. And he had yet to reach the stage where I'd invite him up to my place for a nightcap, but he had no awareness. And after a while, his nerves got the best of him and he went into how he could get me on ABC TV show Blackish. And I'm thinking, really, Henry, you can get me on the show? How are you going to do that? Huh? Have you ever had a conversation that moves so erratically that it renders you quiet as you silently question, what is happening here? Then because the person is over-talking, they say something that unveils a truth of what they're really trying to hide. And at that moment, the statement leaves both of you silent. This happened as Henry revealed. He'd seen me in a couple of airing commercials and looked me up. Well, I thought you said you found me on backstage. Oh, maybe you did. What? So you, okay. I started hearing an alarm in my head. You know the sound in every movie when enemy fire hits a tanker that, eh, 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 when the place goes dark and the red light starts flashing? Now I'm thinking, you saw me in a commercial and you looked me up. Ah, okay. This was the purpose of the cold email. I got really still and present, kind of like on Law & Order SVU where Olivia Benson tries to keep the kidnapper on the call so they can trace the number. I asked Henry, so would you rep me for theatrical only? He replied, oh, no, 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 we, we rep across the board. I said, oh, do you submit for commercials? He said, yeah, yeah, we can, we can. I asked, what's your favorite commercial, Henry? I might as well have bopped him over the head with an inflatable hammer because he was low-key disoriented by the question. He stammered and mentioned some commercial, which I came back quickly asking, what commercial directors do you have relationships with? He couldn't answer. I had him on the ropes. He didn't even need to respond. He didn't have the answers. Then I said, I don't need assistance in commercials, Henry. I only need help theatrically. Since you can get me on Blackish and other productions, you can make a commission off of those bookings. And of course, he started backpedaling, saying, well, I-, I can get you commercials, too. I said, Henry, I have three commercial reps that handle that area. I'd only need a theatrical representative. And he insisted they'd have to rep me for everything. Then I said, well, yeah, well, my commercial reps don't work with managers. Well, what do you mean? Henry said. I repeat it. My commercial agents don't work with managers. He began stammering again. He was like, well, uh, okay, okay, well, thank you. Click. He ended the Skype call. (sighs) I sat there in confusion that I called out a predatory manager, but also what the heck just happened? Was he a legitimate manager? I returned to IMDb Pro His name was on the EFC management's page. And look, I have heard countless absurd Hollywood stories. So I thought maybe he was a terminated, disgruntled employee trying to get clients before his name was removed from the EFC management's IMDb page. I don't know. So I decided to write a letter to the owner of EFC management, Jim Jimson, explaining what I had experienced with Henry. The dark room, the smudgy camera lens, the shallow promises of getting me on blackish, the disheveled apparel, and finally how he ended the call. I stated that I was skeptical about Henry. Was he an EFC manager or a predator? Surprisingly, the owner wrote me back. Apologizing for Henry's behavior, he clarified that Henry was, in fact, a new manager and possibly required more training. All right. 
I thanked him for the reply and just felt good about dodging a bullet. Two months later, I received another cold email from a manager regarding representation. Let's call her Loretta. But now we're in the pandemic. It's the early stages of the quarantine. No one knew where the state of the world was headed, let alone Hollywood. Commercial productions continued working with strict precautions and protocols and testing, but stage, television, and film had halted at this point. So I found it odd that Loretta reached out to me at this time. Theatrical productions had shut down. We didn't know how long the stoppage would be. Why was she reaching out to me for a meeting? Still, I gave her the benefit of the doubt, presumed maybe this was a good time for her to clean her roster and she's taking meetings with new actors because she has the time. Here's Loretta's email with my commentary. Tawana, comma. No hello, no greeting, just Tawana? (laughs) Tawana, my name is Loretta and I'm a manager at EFC Management in LA. The same management company as Henry? the heck? I viewed your profile on IMDb and was very impressed. What were you impressed by, Loretta? Inquiring minds want to know. I am looking to expand my roster and wanted to know if you're interested in management representation. EFC Management has a great relationship with casting directors, producers, and agents. In fact, the president, Jim Jimson, is also a producer and owns EFC Productions as well as EFC Management. He has produced 32 projects, and he wrote and produced for Disney, ABC, HBO, MTV, and VH1. There goes that baiting device again. What does any of this have to do with you, Loretta? These are Jim's credits. These are not your accomplishments. Does this enticement really lure actors to sign with them? EFC Management is a bi-coastal management production company representing a diverse pool of talent in L.A., New York, and the U.K., We are also well-known in the L.A. market and have a track record of booking projects. We have garnered strong relationships with some of the top agencies and have been successful in getting top representation for our talent and opening casting doors for them. You can check us out on IG, Facebook, and IMDb. I would love to have a Skype call with you if you're interested. If you do have management representation, please disregard this email. Thank you for your time and consideration. Wow, another manager from EFC Management Company sent me a cold letter for representation? (laughs) Can you believe this? I sure couldn't. And I was right about the template letter that Henry sent me because Loretta used some of the same exact verbiages as Henry. I went straight to IMDb to see if Loretta was in fact a manager at EFC and to see if Henry is still listed on EFC's company page as a manager. Both were listed as managers. Was this coincidence? Or was I on some old list that an intern created of possible candidates? Or did Jim Jensen pass on my information to Loretta? What are the odds that I would receive two cold lead manager representation requests from the same company within two months of each other? You know I had to take the meeting. One, because Stuart K. Robinson advised me to many years ago. And two, because I'm nosy. I had to see what was going on. So here's my response. Hello, Loretta. I appreciate your interest in adding me to your roster. All things considered, this quarantine has me uncertain about how to move forward business-wise. I'm not ready to commit to anything right now, but I'd be open to a Skype meeting to see where our interests meet. Cordially, Tawana Floyd. We set up the meeting. When Loretta and I got on a Skype call, she was at home, mainly because we were all at home, 
but she was dressed professionally for the meeting. She was well-lit. I could see her face. She was kind and personable. We had a pleasant conversation. This was someone who better understood the industry more than Henry, but she was still in the early phases of her career as a manager. I led with my instincts asking questions as we went along. I'm always interested to learn about someone's origin story, career trajectory, business acumen, and how they view the world. Why they chose their career path? What are their business goals? Do they enjoy what they do? Or are they just button pushers? Are they skilled at negotiating? Are they optimists or pessimists? Pragmatic or capricious? I'm okay with a healthy balance of any of these characteristics. I'm only really turned off by things when they lean too far on one side of them. In talking with Loretta, I discovered she was new to L.A., having just moved here from Atlanta. She had worked in casting and was a talent agent prior. Both were listed on her IMD and LinkedIn pages. She was much more knowledgeable on the industry, but divulged that she was learning the lay of the land of Los Angeles. I only became skeptical of Loretta once I uncovered that she still had a full-time job on the East Coast. Every morning, she was up at 5 a.m. and worked remotely until 2 p.m. while submitting actors until 8 p.m. She was also a single mother and had no community here in L.A. because she had just arrived. So that was a lot on her plate. And I know all too well what it's like to work two jobs until the Hollywood dream becomes the sole income. I also know how tired I was trying to do both. Add a child to the mix, it's a recipe for being spread too thin. At the close of our conversation, Loretta extended the offer to represent me. I didn't bother going to the whole conversation about across the board versus theatrical representation only because I knew I wouldn't be signing with anyone new while the world was still shut down. So I graciously thanked her for her time and her interest and suggested we check in when the productions were back in full swing. And as TV and film productions began their slow crawl toward reopening, it had been eight months between my last correspondence with Loretta. It felt like a good time to reconnect to see where she was in her journey. When I emailed Loretta, she was happy to hear from me and still interested in moving forward. Now was the time for me to broach the across-the-board versus theatrical-only representation conversation. Loretta stated the same as Henry, that EFC management signed across the board only. I informed her of my position, the same one I held when I first spoke with Henry, and asked if we could work under a theatrical contract only. Loretta explained that because she worked as a contractor for EFC management, she had to follow the protocol of Jim Jimson's across the board only. I asked about the length of the contract and the commission percentage. She stated one year and 10%. I tried to negotiate 5%. She said she had no jurisdiction to make that call. I was considering working with Loretta for one year. I knew at the very least I could write off any commissions I paid her through my S-Corp. So I requested that she send me the contract. And from there, I would decide based on what it said. Well, before I could get to the contract itself... The second page of the paperwork was a general check release authorization form. EFC management required all checks and all monies or gifts or incentives that I earned in all areas of entertainment, regardless if they broke the deal or not, to be sent or redirected straight to them. <sighs> My stomach sank from the audacity. I did not feel good about this. This was problematic because 
talent management companies are not regulated to the same degree as talent agencies. Talent agencies in California must be licensed by the state before they can even become an agency. They must be bonded. If they should have a financial crisis, the bond would cover some of the monies due to the actors. But with managers, there's no licensing or bonds in place. Actors just have to trust that these offices are going to do what they say. I didn't find this contract to be equitable. When I asked Loretta how she would help me to grow my career, her response was, oh, well, I will, I'll be submitting you a lot. Come on. <laughs> the manager's job is to develop my career and my potential as an artist. By California law, only talent agents can submit me. So no, Loretta, submitting me more is not a plan. You're coming to the table empty-handed, and now I have to put you into the category of looking to change your lifestyle from my commercial earnings with no endeavors to help me develop my career. I respectfully declined Loretta's offer to represent me, informing her that my commercial agents prefer not to work with managers, that I was unwilling to pay her 10% commission on areas of business she had no hand in building, and furthermore, to sign a general check authorization allowing all monies to go to EFC management? I'm not going to do that. She responded with, well, other actors do it, which I find very offensive. I am not other actors, and a manager should never lump their clients into one ideal. While this final part sounds like a heated repartee, it wasn't. We were both respectable in our correspondence. And then five months later, I booked a national commercial, and another one I had filmed pre-pandemic began to air. I was so proud of myself. I was satisfied with my decision to not pay a manager an extra 10% of my earnings that they had no hand in. It just, it's just deplorable. Or what's that word? Unconscionable. The quarantine showed me the importance of keeping the bulk of my money in my possession. I was able to remain fiscally stable throughout the entire pandemic as I witnessed many of my peers struggle with income. Three of my actor colleagues had to drive Uber during a quarantine, risking their health. One of those friends divulged how she resented having paid 20 grand in commissions to a manager who did nothing, absolutely nothing for her commercial career. She could have lived off of that $20,000 for probably two years, modestly, probably, but at least she wouldn't have had to drive Uber during a quarantine. I'm still determining if I'll ever employ the services of a manager. I'm not opposed to it, but it would most definitely have to be under ideal circumstances, something that's amicable and equitable for both parties. I've learned that I don't have to say yes to someone a representative, just because they approached me or asked to meet with me. And I can take my time to suss out the credible ones or to suss out the BS. It's tough to discern which representatives to add to our teams. Equally as much I gather as it is for an agent or a manager to choose an actor to sign. It's disheartening to discover not all representatives have good intentions. Still, we have to take our chances and hope for the best. But when we listen as intently as we do when we're acting, we can hear what's truly being said. And it's up to us to walk away and respectfully decline if it's not in alignment. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Acting Lessons Learned. I hope there were some takeaways that will help enrich you on your journey. Here are a few ways you can support the show if you choose. Please rate the episode five stars if you appreciate the information. If you're feeling like leaving a review, sharing your thoughts, that is definitely welcome. You can follow Acting Lessons Learned on Instagram or TikTok. You can also buy me a coffee or a tea. Um, All of of the links are below. If you want to learn more about me, go to TawanaFloyd.com. And I'll see you back here in two weeks. Until next time, bye.